Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very excited to have the absolutely lovely Ava Capri with us today. She is an actress. She is a potential future therapist. You'll hear all about it. You might know her as Lucy on the second season of Love, Victor and the upcoming third season. Uh, you might know her from her friend group of internet buddies, including but not limited to her girlfriend, Alexis Giselle. Uh, we talk about her a foyer into acting in childhood, how her parents kind of uh, took her out of the industry for a bit, how she got back into the industry, the things she thinks about the industry, the impact of a show like Love, Victor, which you can watch on Hulu, and everything in between. She is absolutely lovely and incredibly insightful. So please enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Ava Capri. <laughs> Ava, hello. First question. Yes. What was the first thing you did this morning when you woke up? Um, what did I do this morning? I <laughs> um, I checked my phone, but I'm normally not like that. But it's because I had plans with a friend um, at uh-huh. 15 this morning, which is the first thing in the morning for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, crack of dawn. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah. And then I met up with my friend. So you checked your phone, but you said you're normally not like that. Is that so you're a person that wakes up and doesn't look at your phone right away? Because I have that terrible habit. And if you have tips on breaking it, please let me know. Person that like, likes to like pretend and also like thinks a lot about being the type of person that doesn't. (laughs) Yes, same. (laughs) I spent a lot of time like thinking about it. Um, (laughs) Have I like over a extended period of time accomplished it? No, (laughs) but I'm like really proud of myself for like all the thinking about it. Yeah, that's what they say. That's how you manifest, right? Is that you just like think it into existence. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Ava, for people that don't know, let's say hypothetically, you meet an alien has no idea who you are, but they want to know what it is that you do. How do you describe what you do? Oh, um, (laughs) I just like play around um, for money. It's like really ridiculous (laughs) and really wonderful. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I pretend to be other people uh, with other people and then they record it and then people pay money for that. It's so, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Now, uh, I think they call that acting. Yeah, some some do. How did you end up there? How did you get into that world? Um, I did some acting when I was like really young. Like mm-hmm. I was on a couple episodes of like a soap when I was five and <gasps> things of that sort. When you were five years old? Yes. Wow. Um, do you have memories of that? Yeah. I have a very distinct... I was like five or six and I did this pilot that never got picked up, but it um, shot in front of a live studio audience and I have this memory. And my dad like also has told me it from the other side, but I like definitely remember it first person in a way. But I was mm-hmm. like really young and I was wearing this like little pink dress and we just, I think, finished taping the first... I think the pilot episode... And I played like one of the main characters, little daughters, but he like lifts me up and is like walking me along like this crowd of like cheering people. And my dad told me it like totally freaked him out because he's like, oh no, like that's bad. And you could, I was like loving it because I was five. Um, It was a really intense moment. I I remember being lifted up and then like Like Simba, (laughs) so much attention and like all this stuff. My parents were like, you. So they took me out of acting around that age, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, yeah, if there's going to be a moment uh, that is visually 
like a red flag of like, how do we cut this off at the head right now? That might be it. Yeah, they were like nervous and the show didn't get picked up and they wanted to just like put me in school. And so they kind of did that. And like, I wasn't really available for auditions Mm -hmm. because they put me in like regular school. Gotcha. Yeah. So, wow. It's great too. If you have that firsthand memory that your dad was able to confirm that that wasn't like a fever dream that you just made up. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's a really interesting, but it's the only one luckily. Okay. Uh, So I do think it is really rough for children because I think if that would have kept going on. Yeah. Very the center of attention. You're only around adults. Yeah. You're amazing. You're amazing. And then the show ends, the show gets canceled and then it turns off, you know, and it's very, hard I think for for kids to wrap their heads around that yeah and a very noble of your parents to kind of like remove you from that situation because acting and entertainment I'm curious your thoughts on it in general is like an emotional battlefield all the time of loving you know the play of it all and becoming different people but constantly putting yourself out there yeah definitely and I think that there's as an adult or like actors that I know that have like kind of made it oh, as an adult, like they're really grateful yeah. um, because I think that you understand what's going on a lot more. And I think that the confusing, like I think kids understand play and like what's imaginary and stuff, but they can't understand the nuances of like, mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of attention right now, mm-hmm. but it's about to end or it could end at any moment. And yes. that's normal. And then, you know what I mean? And it's like, totally. That's, that's a really rough thing. Yeah. Yeah. The fleetingness mm-hmm. of like the emotional like stimulation is so hard to process, even as an adult, let alone as a child. For sure. Yeah. So you went to regular school. Regular. And then when did you start kind of coming back into entertainment? I, um, so I was like 14 or 15. And when I was younger, my parents, I still did some commercials when I was younger and I made. Okay. A, some good money doing commercials when I was Hell a kid. Yeah. And uh I was like, I need to make money. Like I should do commercials again. <laughs> so I went my mom. Obviously. Um obviously I'm like <laughs> how much I made as a kid. And I was like, I should do that again. And I was like, it's time for me to make money. And she was like, okay. And I got a commercial agent and like booked the first audition I went on. And I very quickly mm. like was booking commercials pretty easily. And I was like, this is so easy. Like, this, I'm, I want to do more like <laughs> TV and movies. Um, my mom's like, okay, but that's like really different and also really hard. And you're going to have to take class and like take it seriously. Um, and I was like, okay, like, sure. And I went to class and then it was really uh, hard. And I think that hooked me. The fact that it wasn't oh. um, like commercials are very like, you just be yourself and you smile and you turn to the side and it's like, but um, the like, the fact that like acting is, theatrical and like um acting is a lot different i think the challenge and me kind of being like struck by it is the thing that like made me really sink my teeth into it in a way Mm -hmm. um and like yeah then it and then here here we are today here we are today i mean yeah because there is i think that might be like the misconception that so many people have that don't work in entertainment that they see it as this like fluffy thing that like pretty Mm -hmm. people go and do and they make lots of money doing it But when you do take it seriously, it's really complex or it can be if you decide to treat it that way. Yeah. And you have to really dig deep. And um, I mean, if you do it the right way, you know, like it's just a very I remember, you know, I think 
growing up, everyone, you know, you have certain walls of like emotions and things and vulnerability. And I think I really struggled early on being vulnerable in a certain way. And I remember just like having teachers being like, yeah, if you want to act, you like absolutely need to become like raw and vulnerable yeah. and things hit you. And I think that really stuck with me. And I, I do feel like today I am an extremely like sensitive person in a positive way, like mm-hmm. because as actors, we're required to like stay sensitive to the world. Um, yeah. If you're a dentist, you can just be closed off and like... <laughs> You can be pretty emotionally stunted in all other areas. But I think that's why I'm hyper fascinated by actors that do take it seriously, because I do struggle with like making myself vulnerable and people that can just put themselves fully into something and be sensitive and raw and affected in real time by things that are made up. It's wild to me. Okay, so then you go from taking classes mm-hmm. and then you start going on like auditions. Yeah. Uh, what's that process like for you at first? Um, so I did like this showcase, this like agent manager showcase and I got my managers that way. Okay. And I started to go on a few auditions and then I started to get like my original agency, like wouldn't even like say that they were wrapping me. They're like, well, like, send you on some auditions and we'll see how it goes. Um, and then I started to like get really good feedback. And I remember I got like close to a few things, um, when I was still in high school, which was hard because my high school at the time was like, if you want to, which is rare for LA high schools that they're like, Mm -hmm. you want to be an actor, like leave this school. Like we will not accommodate you. Whoa. Like any of that. So I was like, and I was also very involved in the school at the time. Um, and like, just like student council and like sports and like so many things. So I was very busy but I was like sneaking in some auditions. Um, yeah. And I just started to get like close to things. Um, Mm. when I was like young, like 16, um, I remember my first callback was for awkward the show. Yeah. 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 It was like a chem read with Bo Murkoff and I was like so nervous, but apparently it went well, but they said I looked way too young to play next to him. Oh Um, no. But yeah, but it was, the, those casting workers are really sweet and they've cast me in other things, but like, uh, it's, it was just, I was gonna go to college and I had a lot of plans and mm-hmm. then I just kind of kept going with this thing. And by the time it, it was college time, I was like, I think I want to do this mm. for a little bit longer and see what happens. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of set on myself in a way. Um, yeah. Good for you. Did what were the college plans? Were you gonna major in theater or acting or anything like that? No, like no. I probably like psychology, honestly, film Ooh. at the time, mm. um, film or psychology, and then those are still my interests. Um, but yeah, I wasn't gonna, and I, even now, like I talk to a lot of actors, like a lot of acting programs at schools mm-hmm. are very like theater driven mm. and sometimes don't always apply to getting work. Um, in film and television yeah yeah yeah. also you know to a degree because i mean most of the actors that i love have gone to like wonderful um cool acting schools so i think it just depends really yeah i mean it also makes sense that you would have an interest in psychology because you Mm -hmm. have to get into the brains of characters and understand how and why they're affected by different things at different times in their lives um is there still a backup a therapist, educa- really really 
Yep. I would absolutely like, I'm waiting for me to like something <laughs> happen, me to be done with acting and then I'm going to go be a therapist. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Wow. Okay. See, I've toyed with this idea, but yeah. I, I, I've recognized that I can't do it because I can't keep a secret about other people's. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> to be like illegal, like <laughs> exactly, which is why I'm like, I know my limits, but also I think I would take on too much of the emotional mm-hmm. stuff from other people and wouldn't have healthy boundaries for myself in the process. Yeah. Um, but I am, I can't wait. Let me know when you get your office and I will oh. sign up as a client immediately. <laughs> it's funny because before I came on this, uh, like not too deep. And I understand yeah. like that this show is not too deep Yeah, point of it, but I'm, I tend to like, sometimes like, I love like going deep and you know what I mean? Having those, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to break the rules of the podcast. No, no, no. The podcast has been going on for like six or seven years now. And that's it, how it started. But like all good humans, it has grown and evolved and has gotten in touch with its deeper sentiments. So you can go as deep as you would like, because that's also the world that stimulates my brain now, too. Um, Okay, going back a little bit to the acting world now. So let's talk about Love, Victor. How did this happen? Talk me through it. Okay, so Love, Victor, I actually... um, Funny story is I tested for... The character of Mia in season one. Okay. Which thank God I didn't get it because Rachel Hilson is the best person ever. Um, and but I I heard that the producers really loved me and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. I'm like, okay. Um, and then funny enough, there was like a small role in the end of the first season mm-hmm. that they offered just offered to me. And I'd never like just been offered a role before. Cool. So I was like, oh, that's exciting. And I was like not working at the time, but it was a kind of like really one-off role. And I was like, hmm, my agents were like, I don't know. I think we kind of landed on like, okay, well, they're like, well, if they like you so much, they can you know, write you something better, you know, like maybe about something better. And I was like, okay. And I was like, really probably wanted the money at the time a lot. Um, yeah. But I said no, um, because it was such a small role. And then when season two writing was happening, uh, my team got a call from them saying, we have this role. We think Ava... Um, might be a match for it and then I taped and and then I booked it yeah incredible again gambling on yourself situation yeah, important to do that and like trust your gut and just because like you have an opportunity in front of you mm-hmm. you need to take it like if it something feels off about it that yeah I huge and I just like I this is a story about my girlfriend Funny enough, you might know my girlfriend, Alexis Chisel. Of course I know your girlfriend. I didn't want to say anything if it wasn't a comfortable territory to talk about. Of course. No, no, no. She's so excited that I'm here right now. Like, you, I, I just know, like, her early in her YouTube career, like, you were just, like, such, like, an inspiration for her. And, like, really she looked rolls. up to her, like, when she was making videos. Um, she's since retired, but... Good for her. Good for her. Oh, I envy that. (laughs) Anyway, she was stoked that this is happening. And I also am stoked. (laughs) Sweet. I mean, yeah, because she also I'm sure you guys have a lot in common of sharing the common ground of like working in and around this industry for the last like decades, Mm -hmm. two decades of your lives. Um, So with especially a show like Love, Victor, and especially with you being out and having a girlfriend, all these things. The show is extremely important to like a generation that now gets to see more representation in all kinds of ways. 
on TV, on big screens, on little screens, on their, you know, phones. How has the reception been? How's the experience been for you? It's so sweet. Like it is such a sweet, hopeful show. Like the tone of the show is so sweet and it will make you cry. Like I cry at all. And I read the episodes before and then I watch them and I cry. Oh, cool. Just because like, uh, Ana Ortiz who plays Victor's mom is such an incredible actress. And like Mm -hmm. those scenes between them always get me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so amazing that this is like such like it been a successful, like popular show. Mm -hmm. And like, I love what it's about and that the way that they do it, it's just yeah. done with like a lot of heart and um yeah it's really really cool and also like i know a lot of much like not teenager uh people like mm-hmm. older men in their 50s and 60s gay men who yeah. really love the show because they watch it and they think about like you know if they would have had something like this and just like kind of reliving that in this like hopeful tone and uh it's really cool yeah that's yeah that's um almost too overwhelming to like, accept all of the gratitude and all of the appreciation, but mm-hmm. also just so cool that things are moving in that kind of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you've played straight parts and you've played gay parts. Do you approach them differently at all? No. Really? I think, like my secret, I used to say when I would like play, well, when, when I do play, like, I, I don't even want to say straight part, but when I, my romantic interest is a man, yeah, like my character is bisexual. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I like to bring myself to, mm-hmm. um, and I've dated men before I've, you know, scandalous. And, yeah. Scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> All the papers. Um, but like, I like to keep a little bit of like authenticity. And so I think that when I do that and I think it just like is more real and then you're not like, I know acting is pretending, but there's not, yeah. there is like a more genuine aspect to it then. Yeah, yeah. You're playing a character versus a caricature of yeah. something. Yeah. And people are nuanced and things. And I think it's nice to bring that nuance and like make choices like that. Yeah, totally. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, when we get back, I guess what I have a billion more questions for you. So we'll be right back. More not too deep. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay. Now, speaking of, you know, your girlfriend has worked in content creation. A lot of your uh, friend group seems to be content creators. Um, when, what was your first impression of that kind of lifestyle? Funny you ask. Um, <laughs> I think when I first met Alexis, I was mm-hmm. at a point in my life where social media was like obviously much newer mm-hmm. four years ago uh, than it is now, especially like social media people doing different things you know what i mean and yeah like i I mean i'll start from the beginning because my my thoughts have changed but i was definitely like you know 
influencers who would do acting roles, I'd be like, they don't, they're not yeah. even spending the time in acting class, you know? Yep. And uh, it was just a world that I didn't know really much about. I think I'm 26 and like, like 1995, like I'm a zillennial. Um, oh. uh, but I think that like a little bit younger than me, like there was so much more of like tapped into that world. Mm-hmm. And so basically when I met Alastis, I was like the fact that she was a YouTuber, like kind of made me nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> anything about this? Like seems intriguing, but also. Yeah. There's a bit of cringe that comes with it, but I don't know. I shouldn't be judging in any way. Cool. Like the thing is once yeah. I'm here, I'm like, Oh my God, she's so hardworking and so yeah. talented and you really like run your own business. And it's like, very cool. And now yeah. I have so many friends who've like come up in the content creating room and still are or used to be. And like, I think they're so cool. Like, I think, and they work so hard. And I think, and a lot of them are like starting to do different things. Like, my mm-hmm. friend Claudia just started a movie um, that is going to be amazing. Um, and like, she's been acting for a long time. But I think that like these people that, have worked in like content creation people want to pigeonhole them in some way sometimes um and and it's so ridiculous because people are so multifaceted faceted and talented and anyway i honestly i think people in that world are the coolest now (laughs) there you go well it's one of those it's a world that's like ever evolving because i still have a viewpoint that and i have to kind of like you know 360 my view on all of it that it is a a business. It is a career path now. And it's uh, when I started, it was still getting carved out. And now it's like carved and continues to be carved in different ways by really like innovative creators mm-hmm. that you truly can't like the great creators, you can't pigeonhole to one specific thing. Mm-hmm. And you can only like appreciate, like you're saying, how hard working everyone is in that world. Cause you could work it's 24 hours a day working. if you wanted to. Yeah. I, and you shouldn't because it'll burn you out <laughs> so quick. <laughs> well, with that, I'm curious, how do you approach your social media then? Because you are so effervescent and looking at like your social media profiles, you seem to have a very like um, uh, uh, mysterious kind of air to you on there. Is that purposeful? Sort of. I, it's funny. My like friends have been saying that a lot recently, too. And like, uh, sort of. Mm-hmm. I also started to become afraid of Instagram in a weird way. Same. Preach yeah. to the choir. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It makes me a little nervous. It makes my bubble tight just a little bit. Yep. Um, and I don't know why. And I, I look back at like my Instagram in high school and I was like, I was free and having so much fun. And it was actually around the time that I started getting strangers following me from mm. my just being associated with my friends who create content. Yeah. Um, and that started to make it it changed it. It changed my relationship with it for sure. Mm. Um, where it wasn't just like posting silly stuff for my friends, which I would love to get back to that because I look at Instagrams that I love yeah. and they're just free. Um, so I, I like to not force post. So mm. I ne- almost never post. <laughs> um, so that's the mystique. <laughs> I'm with you. That's a, I feel like the I just overthink it so much to yeah. a point that like it seems... <laughs> 
so much a part of your job in a crazy way that's just the truth. Yeah. And I've tried to like back off from it because same as you that like you get these very toxic thoughts and you get these very like deep anxiety ridden associations with it and like the pressure that truly you're only putting on yourself, but it feels inherent and like baked into the platforms themselves. So it's like, yeah, if I wake up on a good day, I have a great relationship with it. And those days are uh, rare <laughs> in, those, in that sense, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, with that, you also have a really cool sense of style that I really... I mean, we're both sitting here in t-shirts. And so I really appreciate it. How do you describe your sense of style? Oh, I've never done that before. So I've never had to do that. Um, I don't know. I like to be comfortable. Like mm. I have these like jeans that I bought for like four euros when I was in, in Europe. Nice. I was like literally on the street. Um, and they have a giant butthole. I don't know if I'm allowed to show this. <laughs> we get- but it was a little slit. <laughs> much smaller than it is ripped it seam to seam but i still wear them because they're so comfortable and i love them um so that's my fashion sense is that that's great uh, eventually by spring they'll become shorts and you won't need to buy any booty shorts though i've retired the booty shorts in my life um but yeah i don't know i i like i don't know i feel like honestly like after coming out i started to like get like i don't know i just like like clothes and I like dressing the way I like and I think I got cooler after that because I think I got more confidence I think that's I mean that's really great to hear because I I I think there's probably like a stigma and a pressure on like young actresses to dress a certain way that you know showcases their bodies in a like time capsule of the age that you're in kind of thing And I've always been of the mindset of like dressing for comfort over (laughs) like other people's sex appeal ideas of me. And so, yeah, very in love with your style. Yeah, I think it's just like, I think it's cool and it like goes. And I think that's like how it should be. You know what I mean? The life motto. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so you've done comedy and drama. You did like a sports action film. Is there a genre that you haven't tapped into yet that you'd like to work in? Hmm. I haven't done like this out. There's this like kind of like I want I would love to do like dark comedy vibes. Mm. Um, I love that. I did a film this summer that I think will have dark comedy undertones. Okay. Um, it'll be on Netflix in June. Cool. Uh, under what name, I don't know. Maybe do revenge. <laughs> um but it but i i can even go darker like i love a really dark dark comedy like <laughs> that's i feel like that's just a uh out of context quote you hear in therapy i could go darker <laughs> or if you want me to go darker um yeah <laughs> that's wonderful uh okay i'm gonna move on to the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast uh the first is who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, cold spaghetti. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, wow. Um, probably. Hmm. This is hard. You know. Um, mm, so 
most people probably think that's a bad thing. Right? Well, it's entirely <laughs> but, up to your. I like to also add that it's up to your intention. It can be a fun thing if you want it to. And the answer that you give now isn't necessarily the answer that you'll have tomorrow. It's just in this moment right now, who might come to mind? Okay, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know why I'm weirdly thinking of... There's this man in my life. His name is Bill Wells and he was a family friend. <laughs> okay. So funny and cool. Like, and um, helped me like... He's so smart too. And he helped me write my college essay. Like he just edited, helped me edit it. And he was so cool. And he passed away a few years ago of cancer. And I would love to see him. And so I would love to do that. And then we could laugh about it or something like that. That's very sweet. (laughs) That went in a direction I didn't expect. That went on all different detours that I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that's how most people answer that question, but that's how I did. It's beautiful. Okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story oh. or or like a bathroom emergency situation. Okay. Um, but you can only use three words or like a series of small phrases to describe the situation. Mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn. Nice. Yeah. Um, mine is... Um soccer practice (laughs) question mark question mark um like chain restaurant bathroom like that's (laughs) i know i broke the rules no 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 that's perfect i feel like that's what most chain restaurant bathrooms are meant for yeah bathroom Mm -hmm. emergencies Mm -hmm. uh okay now we have a section of the podcast called deep and hot where i ask you a deep question uh, and then I'm going to ask you for your hot take on um, kind of like a topic that we have for you. So deep question is, why do you think people want to label you so much? To understand me. Yeah, I think. Well, I think labels help just like brains understand things. Mm-hmm. And obviously that can be negative because people are so many things sure when you label them one thing you can like section them off and so yeah so the reason it's done is to understand but in the attempt to understand we actually miss what is there i think Mm. slapping too many labels on that's very profound thanks i love that (laughs) uh on that note your uh the hot take is well kind of two well no one uh just hot take on therapy Oh, I love it. That's not a hot take. I know we're like in a very pro therapy moment in culture, which is very bizarre because therapy's been uh, around forever. But yeah, we're in a very introspective time. I think where it's very trendy yeah. to work on your mental health, which is incredible. Like think about all the bad trends there are. Um, True. So yeah, I don't know. I'm really lucky. I grew up with two parents who had pretty rough childhoods and deeply therapize themselves mm-hmm. were like in therapy my entire childhood and I think that was really great for me and yeah. I have lots of friends whose parents wouldn't come close to therapy with like a thousand yard stick um <laughs> I think they suffered because of that I think that I'm just incredibly grateful that my parents were always like really pro communicating and talking about feelings and really had the tools to be able to do that because they were working on themselves constantly. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. That's not a hot take, but go to see a therapist. The healthiest people I know are in therapy and the people that I worry about the most are not in therapy. So that's yeah. maybe the hot take is like healthy, good, like sick people, not in therapy, like healthy people in therapy, I think. And people think that it's the opposite, but it, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Very true. The, do you do anything, um, outside of therapy? Like, do you have any rituals or like best practices for yourself to kind of like ground yourself, center yourself, work on cloudy thoughts, et cetera? I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. So that is like, I have certain rituals that I (laughs) sometimes do. Um, but I, yeah, I think I just try to be really nice to myself. And that's something I've tried to do my entire life and really give myself kindness and space and be the nicest person to me always. Um, so yeah, just be nice, really, really nice to yourself. That beautiful sentiment, beautiful sentiment. Uh, I'm curious too, what it's like, um, you know, circling back to love Victor that you went in on season two, right? So what's it like working and arriving on a set that, you're in the second season of when everyone kind of knows each other. Like, how do you approach that? It was so wonderful and easy, which is nice. I feel like Anthony Kavon who plays Raheem and I were added in the second season. And, um, I think we were kind of like, you know, when like there's a new kid at school yeah, and it's like, they're kind of popular and everyone's like, well, then the new, like it was very welcoming and nice and it felt special. And like, the opposite of like, oh, you're new. So, but they're like, come here. We're so <laughs> have you. So that was really nice. That's beautiful. Uh, what do you do when you're not acting or auditioning or working in entertainment? Oh, <laughs> so little if I can. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like to watch TV. I like to like. Okay. What do you watch? Oh, Succession. I mean, I've been mm. watching that. I just went to the. Uh, Pen 15's newest season like premiere thing which was fun and um that was so good yeah it is so good but they're on December 3rd <laughs> dropping the like season two like 2b kind of because they separated it because of COVID yeah um and it's really masterful it's like the best word I have for it oh that's because, awesome like, they, those girls are really genius um so I love that show very cool. What do you do? You enjoy going out to events and carpet situations and things like that. Yeah, I you do. do. Do you not? I uh, think it's fun. Like I like it. Like Alexis gets invited like on like PR lists to a lot of like premieres and stuff, and it's really goofy. Like her and Andrew would do this thing where they would like bring like food, like basically mm-hmm. leftovers vibes and Pyrexes to like these like movie <laughs> premieres they would like get influencer invited to. And then they would like, just like be there eating it and then like <laughs> airdropping photos to strangers of themselves eating it. And like, really just like have fun with it. Like, it's like, which I don't know. Um, I think if you don't take things too seriously, stuff is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, more. Um, do you not like it? It seems like you hate events. I uh, I don't love them. I love if you're like kind of what you're saying. If you go with a great group of people that you know you have like a core group there, then that's fun. But the idea of like going not knowing anyone is whew. No, thanks. Oh, I would not want to go. I don't alone. Yeah. yeah. Unless I ha- I have a reason to be there. But like, if it's not my movie, then I would not be alone. <laughs> there you go. Okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna take one last break. 
When we get back, guess what? Uh, some more questions. We'll be right back. We're not too deep. Well, obvious question is, what's next? What's coming up? What's going on? Because you've shot a bunch of stuff in the pandemic, which is wild to me, too. Yeah, it is wild. Um, So next is honestly finishing shooting season three of La Victor, um, which has been fun, really fun so far. And I think it's going to be a special season. Um, Ooh. And we'll see what that means. Um, But... Yeah, I have. So I, I did the, this Netflix movie this summer, mm-hmm. um, which I think is going to come around out around June, which is the same time Love Victor will probably come out. So that will be a very like busy month. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, there's some like maybe stuff, but nothing really concrete. Um, just kind of being open. I would love to do something really edgy. Yeah. Out there in case anyone's doing, you know. This but is I the think, manifesting. I've been doing some like soft, you know, more YA content. I would love to do something like really edgy. I did a role one time where I had a neck tattoo in this movie. It, uh, um, it was that's really edgy. A blast beat that went to Sundance, but I had so much fun and it was really edgy. And I'm kind cool. of wanting to do something like that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, last little bit is that we get questions sent in from listeners and viewers. Some of them are advice. Some of them are just straight up questions um, for you. So here's one for you. This person writes that they're currently watching Survivor Australia, and they've always wondered what they would do for $1 million. Uh, could I lie and betray my friends or people I just met for the money? So I ask you, would you lie and betray for $1 million? Like, it depends on what the level of, but my <laughs> first instinct is yes, because either sh- if it's strangers, then it's a game and they understand mm-hmm. that there must be one winner. And then if it's my friends, I would probably like share the money with them. So I think <laughs> I would go, yes. Yeah. Is there a reality show that you would be on or a game show? Uh, yeah, I would love to be on a game show, like a deal or no deal, like type mm-hmm. show. Yeah, yeah. Reality show makes me really nervous. Um, I'm also not a reality head. I have so many friends who are like huge reality show heads. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much. I would want love to be on. Um, what's the Wayne Brady show? Because I love Wayne. Brady. Oh, let's make a deal. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I feel like doesn't Alexis get on the PR list to be in the audience of that show? <laughs> you know, she hasn't yet. And it's a big issue. Um, yeah. That's it for you guys. Uh, I also could see the two of you on The Amazing Race. I think that could be very fun oh. and also devastating. I feel like you guys wouldn't actually participate. You'd just be eating in Tupperware containers <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> Abel, we've reached the end of the podcast and it's been so lovely to talk to you. But before we wrap up completely, we like to give a little token of our appreciation to our guests. And that is a personalized horoscope from us to you that Melissa is going to put in the chat for you. And when she does, if you could read it aloud to the class, I don't know if you're into astrology. I actually am. Okay, cool. Well, this is very an unprofessional (laughs) horoscope. (laughs) Uh, it says, Dear Scorpio, Scorpion of the Stars. How confused. So we have a little gap here for the reading. Um, 
The solar eclipse and the new moon will be in Sagittarius in your value zone this weekend. You'll be hit with strong desires for experiences and sensually like uh, sensuality, like buying a really soft shirt or tasting a decadent meal. Just make sure not to accidentally eat the shirt or wear the meal in all that haze. Okay. It's a warning. It's yeah. A- <laughs> it's a it's a misguided blessing. It's a, yeah. <laughs> a word of caution. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know. You know, I think it's, it's it doesn't hurt to read. You know what I mean? Exactly. Who knows what kind of hidden guidance is between all the gobbledygook? Exactly. And it could be like a dream thing where it's mm-hmm. it's a representation for something else. And later it's going to hit me and it's going to make sense. All the symbols, the images, the metaphors, they're all there. Is that your, you said your cat's name is Confucius? Yeah, this is Confucius. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad that Confucius showed up for the little moment of Zen at the end. Here. She always does. She pulls through. Uh, now, Ava, where can people find you? Uh, where you, where find- you want them to find you if they don't know? <laughs> the only place, um, which is at Ava Capri. Um, and you can, yeah, watch Love Victor season three um when it comes out and uh yeah thank awesome you so i've had such a nice time talking to you yeah back at you thank you i can't wait to see these dark dark comedies that you get into in the upcoming years i will be ready and like i said when you get uh your office hours going let okay. me know <laughs> i'm your first client well, let you know yep. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next time on not too deep goodbye too deep too deep too deep not too deep with Grace Helbig. Not too deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>